Hello friends and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of 3 John is focusing on the theme, No Greater Joy. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey friends, welcome back. Appreciate you joining us uh, for today's episode. I want to show you my uh, coffee cup of choice today. Got this in Florida. It's the Starfish Company in Cortez, Florida. Cute little tugboat or fishing boat, something on there. But uh, that's it for today. Sorry, nothing more than that. But I do have you and I have your attention at least for now. So let's jump into 3 John, verse number 8, as we continue our journey through this short little New Testament epistle written by uh, the Apostle John. So we think about the name John in the Bible. We think about several different people. Uh, John Mark would be one of them. We think about John the Baptist, obviously. Uh, But John, uh, the brother of James, one of the sons of thunder, uh, the last surviving apostle, uh, the apostle of love, the writer of the Gospel of John, the writer of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and the writer of, human writer, of the book of Revelation. That's the John about whom we're speaking. And we are in verse number eight, and the Apostle John is talking about uh, Gaius in particular and the tremendous hospitality that Gaius has for other believers, especially uh, those that are in uh, Christian service, those that are traveling from city to city, preaching the gospel, making a difference. And Gaius just has a love for those that love the truth. Now, Gaius obviously loves the truth, loves the Lord, and there's a certain commonality and camaraderie that people have that love the same things. So, for instance, uh, I happen to be a Boston Red Sox fan. You say, how in the world are you a Boston Red Sox fan? You live in Virginia. Well, I grew up in Connecticut, so I come by it naturally, and I've always loved the Boston Red Sox. By the way, I am a Dallas Cowboys fan. You say, how did you become a Dallas Cowboys fan? You grew up in Connecticut. I I don't know. I just think the grace of God, maybe. But uh, anyway, I've probably alienated a bunch of you right now. But the point is this. You know, when you love a particular baseball team or a particular football team, you can see somebody in an airport or uh, the supermarket that has uh, your favorite team logo on the hat or on their sweatshirt And you immediately feel a kinship. Hey, like your hat. You know, hey, what about that game last night? A shared love automatically produces a a fellowship, doesn't it? And and that's what happens in Christian service. When, When people truly love the Lord, when people love the truth of God's word, when people really have a heart for the gospel, they resonate immediately with other people that have that same love. I can tell you that's true even when there are language barriers. Uh, For instance, I've been to a number of foreign countries, uh, many of which don't speak English. And I've been in situations where I've been around believers in India or Myanmar or any number of places, uh, Germany, other places, where man, I didn't understand one word that was being spoken, but I knew that they had a love for Jesus and a heart for God. Uh, There's just something about that. And so Gaius here has a heart for people that have a heart for God. Look look at what it says in verse number eight. 
of our text. John says this, We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. So this is kind of the summary statement on Gaius's hospitality. Gaius, you have been hospitable. Good job. You've helped people that have been traveling, who have gone out for the name of the Lord, who have taken nothing of the Gentiles. And if it weren't for people like you, they couldn't have continued on in their itinerant ministry. Man, that's wonderful. Gaius, I, I just am so uh, encouraged by that. that. That's the tenor of the letter up until verse 8. But then in verse 8, I love what the, the Apostle John does to kind of close out the section. He says, we, we therefore. So here's the summary statement on hospitality. Here's the summary statement on the, the commendation that John gave to Gaius. He says in verse number 8, we therefore ought to receive such. So the bottom line, the bottom line, John says, is we ought to all be doing this. Gaius, what you have been doing, wonderful. But this is this ought to be viewed as normative it, for a believer. We, we ought to be doing this. This is something we all ought to be doing. Sometimes we, we commend other believers for maybe an act of kindness. Boy, that, that child shared that toy in the nursery. Wow, that's such a good job that Johnny shared that toy. But it's not just that Johnny shared that toy. It's not just that Susie was kind to her friend. It's not just that, you know, Harry passed out a gospel tract. You know, we ought to recognize individual acts of service and fertilize people's good behavior for the Lord. But all of that ought to then remind us that we ought all be doing this. We ought to be fellow helpers of the truth. We ought to be receiving people like this. So what does John do? John takes an individual act of kindness, an individual act of obedience, and then expands it and says, okay, let this serve as an example for every one of us. Every one of us. So in that sense, what has John done? John has said, hey, let me name the name of somebody that really did well in this area. Let me highlight what it was that he did well in this area. Say it to him directly, but say it in front of you. And then let me use that as an illustration for all of us. You know, parents, that's a great thing to do. It's a great thing to do in your child rearing. It's a great thing to do in your mentoring of teenagers to point out positive examples and be specific it's, and use names. You're like so-and-so that did this. And boy, wasn't that a great thing and how powerful. And we ought all to be doing things like that. So I think it's very, very important in our leadership, in our influencing people to be pointing out real life, flesh and blood examples. That, that's the whole purpose for uh, Jesus coming to this earth, that God would reveal himself to us by becoming us so that we can understand God. He's the express image of his person, the Bible says. He's the logos. The, the expression of God to man. We can get to understand God because he was willing to show us himself by wrapping himself in us. Does that make sense? And I think that John is using a very positive example here in the same way. You know, Paul would do this so often. 
In 2 Timothy chapter 1, for instance, he pointed out some negative examples uh, and, and called them by name. Uh, and then he pointed out a very positive example in 2 Timothy chapter 1, a guy by the name of Onesiphorus who behaved himself in a very bold way. And Paul said, hey, Timothy, here are some people, okay, and they, they have taken a step away from following God. Don't be like that. But boy, here's this guy. And look at what he did specifically. And we ought all to be like that. So it's the, the wise use of good, followable examples in the Bible. So what does John say? He says, we therefore ought to receive such. And here's the reason, that. So when you see the word that in the Bible, typically you're going to see a purpose. It's going to answer the question, you know, why or for what purpose? So we ought to be people that receive others. We ought to be people that express hospitality. Why? Well, the Bible tells us that, that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. That we might be fellow helpers to the truth. So in other words, when I help people along the journey of serving the Lord, I am not only helping them, I'm really helping the truth, uh, the, 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 the cause, uh, the, the message of the gospel that transcends you and me, that transcends your lifetime and my lifetime. What am I doing? I'm part of this big momentum of the gospel moving forward even beyond my generation. I'm a fellow helper to the truth. And I love that term there, fellow helper. So sometimes we, we think erroneously that when we serve God, that we kind of serve God by ourselves. We're like little free agents and little lone rangers and we do our thing and you do your thing and I serve God my way and you serve God your way. And I'm not, I'm not dismissing that we have different gifts and abilities and different energy levels and different resources and uh, we, 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 we do. But the point is we serve the same Jesus and we're in the same cause. So when I do my part in the cause of Christ and see my part as being a helper to those that are doing their part, uh, honestly, together then, all of us are propagators of the truth, all of us. So in this particular scenario, what was Gaius doing? I mean, what was he doing? He wasn't the one that had left his home it was in his home that ministry was taking place. He wasn't the one that was preaching the gospel in an itinerant way. He wasn't the way the one that was leaving his home and going from place to place. No, he was simply allowing itinerant preachers to come into his home. He was feeding them. He was keeping them safe. He was giving them shelter. Perhaps he was giving them a little bit of money to get down the road, travel money, hotel money, whatever, along the way. What's the point? The point is, without Gaius, the gospel could not have gone forward. And without them answering the call of God to go preach the gospel, the gospel would not have gone forward. So which one is more important? Those aren't good questions to ask because both are necessary. It's kind of like... You look at a, a, a factory uh, and a factory that produces cars. You know, which piece of machinery is more important than another? You don't really, you can't tell because every single part of that assembly line is important for that car to come out the other side. 
So when it comes to the gospel, every single person is important in that assembly line. The point is not the person. The point is the gospel that's being propagated. And that's what John makes a big deal about here, is that I get to be part of something bigger than myself. I'm a fellow helper of the truth. And wow, if we believers could simply get back, if we, um, if we Christians could simply get back to emphasizing the truth, it's the truth that matters. And by the way, not my particular expression of the truth. When I talk, when I say that, I mean my preference. It's like, is this really what the Word of God teaches? Let's, let's stand together on the essential components of God's Word. Let's pull the rope together. Let's see people come to Christ. Let's use our own unique gifts and abilities. If God has blessed you with stuff, use your stuff for God. If God has blessed you to be able to speak, speak for God. One of the reasons I do this podcast is because God has given me a little measure of speaking ability. Well, I want to use that for Him. I want to be able to share the gospel with others. I want to be able to teach the Word of God to people that, that, that that's not everyone's gift. Some have the gift of, of serving or, or administration. That's not my gift. But the point is this. Do what God has put in your hand to do for the purpose of propagating the truth. And in that sense, you and me and all of us that pull together for the truth will be fellow helpers. And that's a great thought today. So whether you're in Michigan or California, whether you're in Australia or Thailand, whether you're in India or Israel, and we've got people from all those places watching, just know that if you're for the truth, I'm for you. And together, let's help get the gospel to as many people as we possibly can. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If Everyday Truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.